Why'd you tell me not to fight? Because you are now distracted, therefore playing better. It's the only way. Yeah, well, I can't keep getting my ass kicked. Fine. Fight anyone for any reason. You just said don't fight me. Wait, it's just arbitrary with you. Of course not. But we will let the dice decide. <laughs> yes, it is arbitrary. Fight anyone for any reason. It's just ugly. I like it. One game suspension, Roanoke. Way to go, Roanoke. You drag off. Him too? Anyone for any reason. <laughs> I love my job. <laughs> two games. Now it's a two game suspension. That would mean Roanoke would be out for game two and three. He could play in game four. Of course, we don't know if we're going to game five. Two and three, out, can't play in the game. He can watch the game at home, but he can't play. He can pretend to play while he's at home, but he cannot play on the ice in the game that we're watching, which is after this game, because we're in game one. You have a firm grasp of the obvious. everybody welcome back to another week of muskies on tap we got a very good one coming to you we already had a awesome interview with none other than the guru tyler andrews uh we'll be bringing to you that right after this intro and we have other awesome news that we were just on the musky hunks podcast if you guys do not know who that is they're just a bunch of really cool dudes from pennsylvania and we feel super honored that they wanted to have us on the podcast because they've they've been doing it for a long time. We're just starting. And the fact that they just, you know, let us on there, was, it was just an awesome opportunity. We loved every second. Uh, if you guys could go check out their podcast, um, I believe they have it on most platforms. It's just called Musky Hunks Podcast. So definitely check that out. So... On the line right now, I got Max Manti doing the intro with me. How are you doing tonight, Max? I'm feeling pretty fortunate tonight, man. Pretty cool night. Awesome interview with the guru. We got a whole knowledge bomb dropped on us about musky fishing and a little inside look at what he's up to these days and what uh, kind of, you know, just, I don't know, just the wisdom that he brought to the podcast, I think was a good, uh, good voice. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And then on the flip side, the musky hunk dudes. Holy shit, are they cool. That was a blast. Uh, we got to chop it up with them for about two hours. I felt like we could have swapped musky stories with them all night. You know, I think by the time I logged off, like I was just, I was so pumped up, I could barely go to bed. It was just a blast. So excited to give that one a listen to. Uh, would appreciate if you guys checked it out too. Um, so a lot of good little nuggets in that one. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready to kind of dive into here on you know, what you've been up to lately, what our game plan is for next weekend. We got a little musky bender awaiting us, which I'm pretty excited for. I just got back from Bayfield celebrating my girlfriend's birthday. So took the weekend off of actually doing any fishing. 
Um, so I probably won't be able to bring much to the table tonight, but I know you've been out on the water. Uh, I know our good buddy, Brian also is a little bit tuckered out from his travels, visiting his sister in New York city this weekend, Brian in the big apple, something that I never thought I'd see. So pretty funny getting some pictures from him, seeing him live the big city life, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, should be a fun one. Really looking forward to getting back out on the water next weekend, but let's dive into it. What you've been seeing out on the water lately, Gus? Yeah, so, I mean, since that last podcast, it's a really short turnaround. I mean, we put that one out, like, very shortly after recording it, a day late, and it's now Sunday night, the 9th of July. So it's it's barely been a few days, but was able to boat a fish a day the past few days and uh i was able to get out with a good buddy of mine parker and we just hit new water you know just wanted to branch out hit some new lakes what we were seeing was pretty much just classic midsummer stuff i mean we were seeing fish on tubes like crazy that was definitely the first thing that we noticed was tubes rubber uh he got one on a medusa uh gorgeous tiger on a ninja tube uh, those are both over shallow weeds, windblown next to main lake access. That that seemed to be key. The wind was key. Um, we had just solid weather overall throughout the weekend. So I think fishing was just kind of good throughout. And then it kind of took a little turn here. Uh, today's Sunday and it it snapped cold. I think it was like 48 this morning. Uh, fishing was a little slow this morning. It was it was really hard to get them moving. And, uh, as I was getting off the water, I was just out on my own for a little bit trolling for just almost no reason. I was just seeing so much bait out deep, but I needed to reorganize the musky box. There's just baits everywhere. And, and I figured this would be a good time to just set a rod in the water. I don't know how far back, uh, didn't even run live scope, nothing just started running down the middle of the lake. And uh, it's getting towards the end, and I got a rip just out of nowhere in a spot I've never <laughs> caught a trolling fish. It was just, it was almost stupid. So, um, easy game, easy game. So, muskies are dumb. That story probably gave the listeners absolute zero insight on what to do. Um, sorry about that. Go back to the windblown main lake stuff and rip rubber if you want to catch fish or burn staggers. That was another way we moved a very large fish. Parker moved a very large fish on a stagger and it just looked so hot. And I was very surprised that fish wasn't going to eat in the eight. It was just following and falling. And, and then it turned away. I don't know what happened or why it left, but we went after that one. I know at night and it waked up on a top water and just did the same thing. Just got so close to wanting to eat, went into a turn and just was gone still. So something just didn't, yeah, something didn't seem right with that one, but let me take a look at the weather coming up here. So we got heat and storm on Monday. Um, I guess I don't know how much this good this is gonna do. This is coming out Thursday. Let's look ahead. So we have a little storm on Monday that is going to bring a looks like a little cold snap again, high of you know, upper sixties on Tuesday, and then we're gonna roll into the weekend. I see a little cloud cover and some heat, and that's good. We got upper 70s. Um, let me check that wind for everybody. As of now, once this podcast drops, we're probably going to be seeing a lots of west winds. It looks like many, many, 
many days in a row of west winds so for those going out in the weekend i definitely suspect anything that is just exposed to that west northwest wind that's probably going to be some of your best bets on fishing um definitely for hot fish you can fish the leeward sides no problem still going to find fish but you know the places that i'm going to check are for sure going to be there and uh typically right right now it's going to be weeds i mean like i said i got one in the middle of like trolling today but that was just they were in a funk i mean yesterday there was some good weather and then there was storms that rolled through and then today was frontal so it seems as soon as it gets frontal it's just somehow those fish move in one day like i didn't think they were going to move super far in one day but they just kind of did so as long as you stay diverse and and just kind of take no feedback as still feedback you know Maybe it's just the time of the day or something. Like if you're fishing too shallow, you're too deep, you're not getting follows, just be sure to switch it up. And I think that'll be key. Just make sure if you got multiple people in the boat, get a some sort of rubber bait on, whether that be a mid to regular or husky dusa or definitely a tube. Somebody's got to rip a tube. Uh, the way that we've been catching them on tubes is ripping quite aggressively with definitely some pauses in there but they're going the rips are quick so a lot of reaction strikes and i think that's when it's coinciding with all the hot bucktail fish so just be sure to look at that look at moon moon windows have been quite key we've have not caught very many fish out of moon it's been quite weird this year but moon is just like that's that's the way that you're for sure going to get bites definitely go back on fish during moon so Hopefully those few tips help people uh, this weekend, but truly this podcast is dedicated to the guru because that conversation we just had with them was awesome. So I hope, I hope everybody enjoys that and let's dial up that conversation. All right, guys. Well, we have our highly anticipated guest here tonight, the guru, Tyler Andrews. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. Happy to be here, guys. We're happy to have you. So I'm going to start off with a super hard-hitting question. I know it's a question that people want to hear. If you were to fish with one member of Trailer Park Boys, who would it be and why? uh ricky because it'd be an utter disaster <laughs> my butt cheek or something it'd be perfect maybe i get a shot too you know there's always a gunfight with ricky and that's what i'm interested in <laughs> so you'd anticipate him bringing a gun on the boat oh yeah dude oh yeah me <laughs> too <laughs> have a good time <laughs> what did uh what was like the motivation because we've seen your videos and i know when i started watching some of your stuff on youtube and i saw that you were also a TPV fan. I was like, all right, I was a fan of the guru, but now I'm a big fan because I know now we both watch TPB. Like I, I've probably seen, you know, the seasons three, four times through at least. It's like one of those things where you just start rewatching. So what was the motivation there? You just wanted to throw a little TPB in the videos and spice them up. Well, I just, um, I've never been big. I wanted to have my own YouTube channel, but I've filmed a lot of my own stuff over the years. And it's like, I should just release it. But everyone's so serious and yeah. I just can't, I can't take it. I can't do it. So I'm just going to be goofy and stupid. And I'm like, why not? Why don't I just put like 
trailer park boys quotes all over my videos and just <laughs> and just catch like a big fish or something and just be like ricky this and bubbles that <laughs> so the mayor of no i'm saying you count my no i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm guilty of my innocence is poop. Yeah, know? dude, that's the best <laughs> episode right there. All right, so yeah, I I get it. You know, like spicing up the YouTube videos is awesome. Are you going to continue doing those this summer, or what's what's the plan? Just like every time you're able to get out and go fish. Yeah, yeah, I've uh I've been on a little bit of sabbatical this beginning of the season, so I haven't fished a whole lot. Do tell. But, yeah, yeah, you know, seeing a lady. Uh, not gonna get too into detail. Sure, sure. But, end it now so i can go fishing more okay nice but I'll, I'll start releasing videos i released one called america musky dinks the a tale of a wisconsin giant and i'm just like i caught this little fish with the the most insane america t-shirt on ever saw that and i'm just like why don't i make this the dumb video and just call it a super giant every second that I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> doing like karate with karaks on or something so i'm just like this is perfect here we go yeah it was pretty sick are you are you gonna try to focus more on wisconsin type fishing this summer if you're able to get up there or are you gonna get out here in the metro uh i think i'm gonna do both i like metro fishing july kind of sucks so maybe i'll just come kind of come up to wisconsin again or maybe do like a northern minnesota thing once the fish get back on structure um because they're open water right now but I'll probably I'll probably split my time 50-50. So it's hard to leave Wisconsin fish because they're near and dear to my heart. Sure. Yeah. And so you know, we that's kind of one thing that we connected over. You have a a place up in Three Lakes. How long have you have you been up there for? About eleven years. About eleven years. Right on the Three Lakes chain. Okay. Awesome. And you grow up, you grew up in Wisconsin, right? I grew up in uh well, we moved all over, but we I mostly lived in Wisconsin pretty much most of my life in Green Bay. Okay fishing out there the fishing out there is kind of fun too it's hard to leave those guys as well yeah yeah so i mean so we've heard and seen we we have not i mean brian and gus went out there one day but they got booted off the lake pretty quickly due to some bad weather conditions but yeah. um it's kind of a dream of ours to get out there and try our hand at that because yeah it seems like there's some pretty big fish to be had end of august first cool down that's the best time to go as long as you don't have a north wind that's why oh, that's why he's yeah. that's why he's the guru guys <laughs> you got a north wind just go home i want to i want to test your your guru knowledge on the metro lakes i think i mean we were out there up in independence minnesota once last year two years ago i know gus and max were out on more of a metro body two years ago probably but what's like the biggest difference with those lakes compared to northern wisconsin the metro lakes are like their own planet compared to Northern Wisconsin, even other lakes in Minnesota, because they receive so much pressure. Like they, all of Minnesota really receives a ridiculous amount of pressure compared to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but the lakes, they just, you've got boats constantly. You've got a guy on like every spot. I mean, I could go out there on a Wednesday at noon and there'd be a musky guy in every spot. Like some, these people just don't work. And <laughs> So you kind of have to, you have to be really creative. You got to throw like strange baits. Like I've been throwing this thing called a wax wing made by Shimano. They're just, so no one has them. I'm the only guy that has them and (laughs) they catch fish, but it's just, it's, you have to work really, really hard for Metro fish. Really, really hard. You got to go at night too. And you gotta, you gotta hope and pray for rain. Whenever rain, that's when they bite. Because of the pressure, are they like always out of weedy spots? They're just kind of sitting deep and staying away from the noise or 
I mean, they're they're I think they're so used to the pressure, these kind of do their thing, but they see they've seen every bait that you can possibly throw. So it's it's more so fi- it's finding the exact right time and landing a bait right in front of their face so they eat it. Also, the water is so clear, your figure eights have to be incredibly good. You can't yeah. make a single mistake. Otherwise, you're just not gonna catch them. And these fish too. At least far I've seen, I've only seen it once. You you can't come back on them because they they're just not there. Once <laughs> once they show themselves and they don't eat, it's kind of over. Yeah. Have Have you been able to get up in more of the northern part of Minnesota since you moved here, or has it been mostly just metro stuff? Yeah, I've been up uh, the Bemidji Leech Lake area, maybe half a dozen times since I've been here. I actually just spent the weekend up there fishing, and uh, some I didn't catch any big fish, but my I, my friends caught some big ones. Nice. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a team effort at all times. At least I like to say that because when Gus is putting a bunch of fish in the boat, I'm like, yeah, we caught a bunch of fish this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I learn. I like um, I like going with people that are significantly better than me just to, you know, see what I can improve on, you know? A hundred percent. It's always a good time just shooting the shit with people. It's, it's, it's a blast. But I've mostly just spent – I was on Vermilion too last year um, – this year, I'm probably just going to do a Leech Lake thing again and maybe go out to the Detroit Lakes because I've never been out there. Not yet. Well, I'm nice. curious to hear about the Vermilion trip. We're going there for the, the PMTT here in like a month um, mm-hmm. from now. And we've never been up there. I've really never fished a body of water that big or like that. Would Did you enjoy it up there? Did you see some fish? Anything you could report <laughs> to us? <laughs> okay. Vermilion <laughs> will eat you up and spit you out. It is yeah. a- very, very. <laughs> reminds me of lake of the woods but the fishing is brutal it, it can be really really good though it can be really really good i've only fished it for the open water bite yeah like maybe like a 36 or a 37 but i lost maybe a double nickel we saw oh. water it was huge i was twitching a 10 inch slammer over open water and this thing grabbed it head first broke the lip off and then i set the hook and it bent all three hooks out of this fish and fins gone, gone, devastating. And then we saw it. We saw it on sign imaging, just swimming away. We're like, come back, come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have a shot at a real big one. I mean, August, they're probably on rocks. I mean, at least that's what I would think. So, yeah, it's kind of what we've heard and, yeah, I mean, like we're we're excited to get that shot at a big fish. I mean, we've like Brian said, we we fished that one day here in the metro, but we really haven't done much Minnesota fishing. I mean, I'd like to do it here. I live in Minneapolis. I just don't, you know, really have access to a boat in his neck of the woods, so I haven't really been able to do it as much. But I guess obviously, big fish are pretty common in Minnesota. I mean, it's kind of what it's known for, you know, essentially. But I want to know, you know, since we're a little bit more of a northern Wisconsin podcast. What's the biggest fish you've seen in northern Wisconsin? Caught, seen, hooked, anything? Does anything come to mind where you're just like, that is a different class, you know, type muskie? I've seen, uh, I don't want, I don't want, I'll tell you the spot later, but um, sick. <laughs> there's a lake up in northern Wisconsin. People don't, don't necessarily fish because it's exceptionally dangerous, but there happen to be very big muskies on it. Hmm. Um, I was out there and I think once a month I moved like this 53 on the same rock hump and I was chasing this fish all season. I never got him to eat just a different, just a different beast. 
Like I've the only the biggest northern Wisconsin fish I've caught is the 48. And comparing that thing to the fish that I saw, and especially it came into the figure eight, like they're just it's like a different animal. Totally, totally different animal. They're huge. They're so big up there. Once they get that size. Oh yeah. They get you know, wide, like shovel heads, like yeah. stupid wide, at least for the, from what I've seen on mounts of Wisconsin fish that are, you know, north of 52 inches or so. Yeah, the muskies up there got back once they get over 50. Yeah, they got back. And that one, <laughs> the the only fish that I've seen that's like probably close to that class was a, a fish that Gus and I saw uh, two years ago, Gus. Mm, yes, it was in the fall. It prob- yeah, I think two years ago. It was like mid-October or early October or something, and it was um, pre-turnover, and we're sucker fishing pretty shallow. And relatively clear water and and max or we look at the back sucker and i look at it and i'm like max max i'm like trying to be really quiet because i don't want to spook it because it's not like super windy i'm like max there's like quick cast and there's a musky back here and we kind of like bring the sucker in a little bit closer and we get a really good look at this fish and we're like like we got our breath taken away we're like oh my god like <laughs> this, it didn't even look like a musky it really like did that that's swimming and this you know, relatively shallow of water around us. We probably casted near it. Probably wanted nothing to do with our baits. Followed <laughs> the sucker for 20 minutes. I got waypoints tracked of that fish to this day. And it's like, it was like a couple hundred feet or longer. And we just kept going in circles. Like I bet if I went in a straight line, it could have been a couple hundred yards. That thing was going to follow for. And mm. Yeah, the unfortunate part of that story is that this fish was actually potentially hooked and lost by yours truly later oh. that day. <laughs> About on six hours know later, that out. <laughs> a huge peak. rainstorm came in on peak moon. <laughs> oh. And it oh. ate it ate the sucker boat side. It looked like something out of Jurassic Park. Jaws, ate that dude. sucker. Yeah. Jaws. Like, yeah. I, I was in the back of the boat and I literally saw the, the sucker tip of the rod start going like that. So I just had looked back to my left and I just literally, yeah, I was like out of Jaws where I just saw the fish open up and like I've never seen a mouth like that. And the sucker just disappeared. It just disappeared. You know, normally you see him like T bone it. The whole thing just went gone. And then it just started swimming away like slowly. And we both looked at each other. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah and i was i was up and i gave it the yammiest yam i could i thought at the time and the backbone on that rod was not enough to mm. even remotely keep a hook on it i don't know if i fought it for much more than five to six seconds but yeah that was devastating that was okay. my quick quick pitch on a biggest fish ever seen for us in northern wisconsin yeah sorry to bring that up gus oh it's all good it's all good <laughs> he won't sleep tonight yeah. Yeah. So on to on a greener greener pastures here. I guess give the people a little update on on your life now, Guru. What what's what's fishing look like now that you have a clear head post uh you know post situation ship and all that good stuff? What what are you excited about this summer? I'm excited. You know, I, I've gotten I'm I'm 25 and uh I don't know, I hit like a wall in the past two years where I can't fish hard anymore. I can't. I can't grind for 20 hours a day and then do that more than 
five days a week. I used to when I was a real young guy, but I can't do that anymore. So now I'm more sort of strategically and just kind of have fun. I'm looking forward to just kind of getting out with my buddies on the Metro here. My dad's going to come visit, kind of hang out with him, do some more family stuff. So, you know, like the last five years have been TV shows and podcasts and just super, intense, you know, all business fishing. And it kind of, kind of sucked the joy out of it for, for me for a while. And I don't know if it'll ever kind of be back a hundred percent. So it's just, I kind of focus now on fishing real strategically when the conditions are good. I don't fish super, super long. And I just fish with, just to have fun and I'll, sure. I'll throw up a GoPro I'll just, you know, to make a dumb YouTube video or something throwing a Ricky quote. There you go. I, I know you shared with us, you know, when we were just chopping it up for a bit before we hit the record button that, you know, you might think about getting up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Obviously it's a place near and dear to all of our hearts. Sounds like it is for you as well. Do you think if you did move up there, like maybe some of that spark would, I guess, just reignite being up in Northwoods all the time. And I think it would, I think it's probably a little different being in the, in the city. Cause it's just, it's just so industrial. I, yeah. I mean, I used to live up there. I lived up there in the summers for six years. It, it's just, it's so wild and it's so good for your soul. I think you'd definitely bring it back. I'd probably hunt more than I'd probably hunt a little bit more. Than yeah. Fish. I like to hunt too. Cool. Uh, I'm kind of been cooling it on that the last couple of years. So I'm going to kind of take that up again. Well, I think like one of the things that makes that area so cool. So we just did a, a sit down at the musky hunks and we were talking about kind of the differences of like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and their minds were like blown. when we started talking about just like the differences of all the Wisconsin bodies of water, like in the North Northwoods, right? You have, I don't know, you might know exactly the number, but it's just like almost too much musky waters up there, but it almost, it, what makes it so cool is you could like spend a whole summer fishing you know, lake after lake after lake of different types of stuff, just exploring, you know, your ass off, trying to figure out a different bite or a, a lake that maybe nobody's talked about, you know, how, how many different bodies of water do you think you've been on up there? And is that something that get would maybe get you a little bit more excited? Cause like, I'd be curious. I mean, Gus in the last two years has fished so many different bodies of water, but I know you've been up there, like you said, for six summers, like that's, that's a, a good amount of time. And with who you obviously fished with booger and stuff so i uh i've i've the last two summers i spent up there i just i didn't really film as much for joe so i just sent them as exploration years i was mm -hmm. kind of trying to find a wisconsin 50 sure i didn't get one but i found some great places where you could catch one and um that those two years were actually really really fun you just go out you're trying to figure something out and i just kind of go i don't really care if i catch one i just want to see what's out here and that that definitely brought back the spark. It's I, it's different in the metro because you've got like ten lakes to fish from, right? Crazy, crazy pressure. So it's kind of it's not as enjoyable as like a northern Wisconsin thing. Yeah, like they were they were mind blown about just like the variety of structure in a single lake in northern Wisconsin, and not only like just that where you can literally you know like we've talked about you can take a five minute drive and go from fishing a fifty acre stained pothole to a you know to thousand acre clear body of water or whatever it's just it's the variety is almost like overstimulating it's just like too much sometimes we can jump down the rabbit hole of like the dnr list of a b and c class water and i just you know how many lakes i would fish in a day i mean when i was at my peak of exploring i'd probably fish three to five bodies of water a day just kind of i just wow. i break it down quick i go 
what's the best structure, what's the best weed line look like. And then I'm just going to pick five spots, hit them good, hit them at a good time. And then if I don't see anything, move on to the next one and just kind of keep rotating, see what's out there. And you, you know, you catch some nice fish that way and you find some cool lakes. And I mean, I'll have to look on how my Navionics I have to see what all the lakes I fish because I don't quite remember them all. <laughs> I, uh, I got a, I got a question for everybody who's listening that is confused where the name guru came from, who crowned you the guru. When did that start? Oh man, it's so embarrassing. I gave it to my sister, <laughs> which is the worst. Uh, dude, my favorite movie, my favorite movie of all time is The Love Guru with Mike Myers. Yeah. And you can probably tell from my YouTube videos and previous podcasts, I'm a fan of like the dumbest humor on planet Earth. Same. This is the <laughs> dumbest humor on planet Earth. It's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And uh, that's why I love it. And then I'm like 13, 14, I make an Instagram page. I'm like, what's a great name? I'm like, the musky guru. Why don't we do that? <laughs> and then people started calling me that. And I'm like, I don't really like it because it's super lame, but <laughs> I, I, it's, it's stuck and I can't get rid of it. And now I have musky guru stickers. People send me on my boat and like, I have a thorn brothers rod. This is musky guru. I'm just like, all right. Oh my God. <laughs> just got to embrace it. Got Gus, you'll have to get some favorite quotes of his for our, for the intro since we, you know, we'll do the, do a little oh, movie quote yeah. heading into the beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the intro, we always do a movie quote to the the beat oh, drop of our so we need something good. Maybe from the love Definitely. Guru. Definitely from the love or, guru. Yeah, probably definitely. So <laughs> think in. of your favorite one there. But um, um I'll oh, go ahead, Gus. You can go oh, ahead. I I just wanted to quickly bring it back to fishing different bodies of water because I, I have some questions on that because actually just this past weekend, I was able to get to two brand new bodies of water. I fished with a buddy, and one of them was brand new to both of us. The other one was only brand new to me. But the one that was brand new to both of us, we got to fish for four hours. I think about four hours. And we had a lot of stuff mapped out, a lot of good weeds. This lake was like very plentiful with weeds. And we fished it pretty damn hard. And my buddy got one, a, a small fish but we didn't see any more. Are there times where you go to a body water for a short period of time, like a brand new lake and you just don't see anything and you think to yourself, like I should go back or I just shouldn't at all. Like, like I, lakes that spark with you, you know, I usually I'll look on, I always go off the DNR list. And if it's, you know, if it's like a or B, you know, if it's a C class lake, I probably won't. Cause those, fish are pretty small and chances of big one are much more slim i will usually keep it in the rotation for about two weeks but i won't fish it like mm -hmm. every day I'll, I'll maybe fish it twice a week for you know maybe three to four hours and then if it if it doesn't produce much going on in various conditions then i'm just going to cross it off the list right yeah because i know there's times i can think of a few lakes where we went to on our first time and they sucked, but we just have heard things from other people. Like you said, the DNR list says it's a good lake, and we went back there, and now they're like some of our favorite lakes. And then vice versa, there's lakes that we did really well on the first day and got our ass whooped like three, four, five consecutive times afterwards. Mm -hmm. And those are the tough ones to be like, uh, do we just hit that perfectly or what? Yeah, you probably did. I always take... When I was doing that, I was taking a lot of notes and, you know, you, you catch a lot of fish around the 
phases and moon phases. Mostly whenever I had crazy success, it was always on some crazy storm front coming through on a new lake. Mm-hmm. I remember just one that I was fishing with a buddy or two buddies, and we've never been to this chain before. It's way out of the way. Like there's not a town in sight for 30 minutes in either or any direction. And we went out there, we caught a 47, a 43, a 43, a 41, and a 47. And uh, just all in like wow. four hours. And then we're not like, bad. this is incredible. And then I go back a couple of weeks later, I stick a 48, you know, multiple 45s. This like puts out big fish, but it's, you know, it's not, I thought it was like this fire lake. Or like it was just awesome, awesome, awesome all the time because there's no pressure. There's big fish, but I can tell you, I went out there for two weeks last year and uh, got my ass handed to me royally. I didn't catch anything. Didn't even see anything. I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it depends on the, the time of year. It depends on yeah. the, the time of day mm-hmm. Depends on what the fish are feeling. I mean, sometimes they're just, they just shut right down and they're not going to do anything. So that's why I like to keep a lake in rotation for a while, regardless of the success. Because if I know that there are muskies in there and there are some decent sized ones, I want to kind of really suss it out and give it enough time to show me if it's good or not. Sure. So, so going off of Gus's question, if you're going to fish a new body of water for the first time and it's really big, like a flowage, chip off flowage, I don't know if you fish that, but something of that size, how are you, like, what's your game plan going into it? Are you like speed fishing, spot hopping, or are you like fishing shallow, deep, shallow, deep, trying to get your read that way, maybe just in a small part of the lake, or how do you tackle a big system? Big system, I'm probably spot hopping fast. I like to run and gun. I learned that from Joe. Because on, on Lake of the Woods, I mean, that's kind of what you have to do because it's so big and so overwhelming that you, you can't really just pick up. You can if you want, but it's it's better, in my opinion, to just spot hop. Try and find active fish. Try to find active fish. I mean, I'll plan out. If I'm going to a big system, say like the Willow or you know, Chip chip or anything, I will, I will usually pick a section that is not necessarily super, super big because, you know, like these big systems, you can't just go from one end to the other. I mean, you can, but you're going to burn a lot of gas and I try not to. So I'll just pick a big section that I can hit pretty good in a day. And I'll pick, I'll just go down the list. I go structure, deep, shallow structure, weeds, deep, shallow weeds, sand flats, try to find timber. And I'll just kind of pick those spots out in the map and then just kind of hit all those. And then if I see something cool on side imaging or I see something kind of neat that's not marked on the map, I'll hit that too. And you just kind of work your way down a list. At least that's that's what I do. And, you know, it, it can produce something or you get skunked like many of us. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think, like, going back to the northern Wisconsin thing, I think the learning curve up there, and I granted, I haven't fished everywhere, obviously. Like, I'm mostly a northern Wisconsin musky angler. But I feel like the learning curve up there is it's so steep because, like you were saying, you know, you have really good success on a certain body of water for a few weeks stretch. And it almost feels like that body of water shuts down and the neighboring lake or something within a 20 mile radius lights up and the guys that seem to really have it dialed. Like I, I do think Gus is on the precipice of like getting to this point. I mean, obviously years and years of experience are going to continue to help, but it's like, we still have gaps in our season where, you know, I, I always feel confident with Gus if he's in the boat and he can catch fish no matter where we're at. But like, there are certain times a year where like, if I go with Gus, I know we're going to catch fish because I know he's like on them on a certain times of the year. But like that gap in the season is interesting up there because it's like, you know, okay. In early August, we go here. 
late August we go here and then September hits and it's like those lakes started to shut down. I, I could see where that would be kind of re like energizing for you. If you did live up there to kind of continue to put those pieces of the puzzle together, because it's so true. We're like, you can actually string a season from opener till ice up and mm-hmm. like actually have a game plan, you know, maybe not week by week, but like those musky, those little musky seasons within the musky season. And that's, I think what's the coolest thing about Northern Wisconsin is like, you're not just fishing one body of water and like having to figure out the changes within that one system. It's like, no, you fish this group of lakes this time of year. And then you move on to this group of lakes or whatever. And you just have those in your back pocket, like in your Rolodex like that. And I'm sure you probably witnessed that fishing with Joe, where it's just like, all right, this lake's done. You know, you spend a few, few hours in the morning out there, like no more, no more 45s are hitting the net. Like, let's move on. And like, can you touch on that? It was like, was that a thing? Does that exist? I guess is my question. Yes. I mean, some of the, the lakes I've fished, I mean, I could fish them all year, but there are definitely times where you're just like, I'm not going to fish it in July because I never catch anything in July here. Mm-hmm. I'm fishing in August because every time I come here in August, I just kick some serious ass. And I know with Joe, we always, every June, we always start on certain section of lakes in Northern Vilas. And it's just because they're always fire, Northern Vilas County. And they're always just really, really good. And then the rest of the year, they kind of suck. So then we just yeah. fish them. And we fish maybe, you know, a little south, maybe a little west, a little east. And then we just kind of keep rotating because it's just there's years of ex- it only comes with years of experience. So you can't you can't necessarily go, oh, it's you know, not good in July. You gotta be out there and get your butt whooped to realize it sucks in July. <laughs> well, that's like the part of musky fishing that you know, probably turns people off or that honestly, frankly, just sucks. It's the experimental part. It's, I mean, it doesn't suck. It's fun. This, the struggle is fun. Obviously we're kind of sick in the head like that. Like if you like go out to a lake and it sucks, like, okay, I learned something today. This sucks at this time of year, probably, you know, but like, I remember last year we had this bite very dialed on a particular body or water or two for a little bit. And then, you know, we had our, our uncle coming out for a few days and like, he, had very limited musky experience and we're like oh we're about to put you on some fish and it was like snap of the fingers that area of the lake where every single big fish it felt like was swimming around in for a few weeks they just vacated gone you know and it's like at that point we struggled to find that next hot bite so it's good to know that it exists and that's kind of the fun thing that keeps pushing you to keep trying new shit and fish so much up there because there's just so much to offer it's it's so fun exploring is the best part of it it's the best so much man especially if you find a cool place that's like really really remote (laughs) yeah and it's got cool structure me every time i get like i get a sentimental every time i find one that's like canadian shield ass whereas it's it's like you feel like you're up on lake of the woods again just means more in a weird way more but you only got to drive an hour. So yeah. it's way better. It's like, yeah, man, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's just one of those things that people that haven't been up there, it's hard to like, you know, we're obviously doing our best to try to put it into words, but it's like hard to explain almost. Cause like, I just feel like it's so different than people are used to where it's like, yeah, you could just, this like sucks. You can just go five minutes down the road and do something different I tell Gus like I'm always down to explore new bodies of water because you just never know and like we do go off that Wisconsin you know DNR list like it sounds like you use that too and it's almost fun when like you try to outsmart the system like okay I really haven't heard about this like but the stocking looks really good from like 10 years ago 
they say it's, you know, an A2 lake or whatever, like, let's go out and fish it. And I think, you know, the, the lake that Gus brought up is one of those particular things where a stocking is very similar to another lake we've had success at at Big Fish, but we've never fished this other lake. So it's like, I think we got to keep pounding the pavement there because, you know, sooner or later it'll flip on. And I think we have to. I think that low 30s was only the beginning. I mean, I don't, we didn't move a single other fish, but it had those vibes of holding big fish. Those, those lakes that have a lot of weeds, it had actually decent, decent structure, but a lot of weeds. That tells me those big girls are just hiding somewhere in there than those vast areas. So I'm prepared to go back there. I don't know when it's going to be hard to tell, but definitely will. And uh, there is one note that I have on the Wisconsin DNR list. It's not always very accurate mm-hmm. if a lake has big fish. I mean, there's a B-class lake that just receives no pressure. It's got A1-class fish in it, but high density. And mm. it's just, they just list it as a B because I just don't think they ever get out there. Right. Their, their records. So, I mean, it can be off by quite a number of years. So, I mean, Dude. there's... There's you some, know how they measure? Not really. I think they just do net reports. And it's, I mean, it's not like they have a ton of money where they can hit every lake every single year. It's maybe one lake a decade or something like that. <clears throat> yeah. And it's an important thing that I've kind of noticed is that, oh, this is a B-class lake. I mean, it's probably going to suck. But yeah. We haven't checked it in a decade. And now it's full. <laughs> I've always wondered that, like, you know, what if there's they they have a net placement and, like, you're out there you know a week long or however long they have it you know like a 50 swims by but he just misses the net and then a 44 swims by and just misses the net and then they're like ah it's like to be like but those like you know a few really big fish just barely miss their netting or whatever they're out there but like you know no one really knows because they just you know it's a big you know fish swim and (laughs) sometimes they don't swim where you want them to yeah that's the thing i'm i was like man I, I would, I used to, when my first year, I used to uh, kind of ignore B lakes. And then I just was like, screw it. I'm going to go try one now. Like, whoa, there's some. <laughs> yeah. For example, Brian, your nice one from last week. That's a B lake. So mm-hmm. if I remember yeah. correctly, I, I could relook it up, but that's a B lake. And I yeah, know. Not to mention, we saw a million fish there. So like, be yeah. my ass. Yeah. Be my ass is for sure. Yeah. Side image like <clears throat> 10 in open water. <laughs> in like one spot <laughs> we were, they're all napping though unfortunately yeah we were they were it was stupid hanging depth raiders off their face won't even eat stupid they're following 10 inch jakes and be like eh nah <laughs> they're so annoying sometimes muskies are bastards they are <laughs> bastards speaking of a uh, depth raider though can you give a rundown on kind of how you met joe booker and where that all started yeah 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 uh, I was in high school as a senior in high school, and um, I remember hearing on the radio that Joe Booker is going to be at like Mills Fleet Farm Expo at Lambeau Field. And I just looked at my mom; she was in the car with me. I'm like, "Can I go to that?" And it was <laughs> it was like during a school day, and she's like, "I'll just take you out. Like, screw school. Let's go meet Joe Booker." And <laughs> I sit in his seminar, and I get a picture with him, and then. I kind of just see him standing at his booth and not a soul is talking to him. So I just go talk to him. We talk for like two hours. And then he just tells me, he's like, keep in touch, man. And then, um, how, how old were you at the time when you first met him? 18, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 18. I was about to turn 19. And, um, 
Uh, then he has his Joe Booker Blues Fest, and we found out that my great uncle Wayne plays in his band and is like best friends with Joe Booker. Holy shit. We're just like, dude, why wouldn't you? we're not that close to them? We're like, why wouldn't you tell us this? You know, I love musky fishing. Right. <laughs> so, so we go up there to go see Wayne and go see some family that we don't really see that much. And uh, Joe's playing, and you know, I don't really get to talk to him because he's a celebrity and everyone wants to talk to him at his blues fest. And then he just happens to be standing out by the barbecue pits. And uh, I'm like walking away. I'm like, ah, he's too busy, whatever. My dad's like, go talk to him right now. And I go talk to him. We talk a little bit. And he's like, do you want to like interview for a cameraman job? I said, sure. I interviewed at uh, Eagle Roasters and uh, the rest is history. Good coffee there. Dude, good coffee. Great coffee there. So good. <laughs> um, So I, I want to expand on that because first of all, that's freaking sick. That's really cool. What a what a way to like break into the musky world, just fishing with. I mean, arguably one of the more well known, if not the most well known, guys in the industry. But I guess my question, more or less, is like, okay, you're a young kid that loves to fish, and now you got to sit behind a camera and watch other people catch fish. Does that suck? Like, or is it awesome because you're fishing with Joe Booker? Like, I guess for me, it's like if Gus was like, "Hey, man, you want to just film for me the year?" I'd be like, you know no <laughs> like, i'm fishing i don't blame you dude i was hoping you'd say that you said the other thing i'd be like dude you gotta pick somebody else yeah like you're nuts i'm not sitting there with a camera while watching you bag like a 46 like no way so what i guess what was that like i uh, i actually got the fish behind the camera um, oh nice we kind of worked out a deal where maybe i didn't get paid as much or I didn't really get paid at all per se I just got paid knowledge and, uh, sure. and I'm just like, you know what? I, I, I make some good money in college. I, I don't really care. I get paid better than Bitcoin invaluable. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just like, I just said to him, I, I want to get paid in knowledge. Cause I want to, it will last me forever. I mean, you can pay Smart. me, but it's not going to, I mean, I'm going to yeah. musky baits anyway. Smart. So might as well get paid in knowledge. So I got to, I mean, I got to, fish behind the camera which was nice so i you know caught some nice fish in lake of the woods with them up in three lakes it it was a really good experience it, it he really got well-rounded as an angler because my my family doesn't fish at all so i have had to start everything from scratch never really had anybody to fall back on so how'd you even get into musky fishing I, I mean i guess that's somewhat similar to us like our dad you know was he he liked to he he's a good angler likes to fish but and he never really got like deep into the musky game you know we kind of stumbled stumbled on it our own so how did you even how's that even get started for you uh, we had a um we had a family cabin up in uh leona wisconsin kind of near crandon we yeah. had i mean my family's been up there our relatives have been up there like 150 years and so we kind of had this and we were always going up there and I would kind of fish for pike or whatever. And then before we got our cabin in Three Lakes, my dad's like, do you want to go on a musky trip? And it was with uh, an infamous guide, Ranger Rick. Um, <laughs> I love, I, I love nice. him very much. He got started on musky fishing. He, uh, he takes us out. We don't catch anything. It was, uh, it was an experience for sure. And um, we go back to his shop and I'm just like, I want to do this forever, dude. He's like, that's cool. I'm like, what bait do I buy? I'm, I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm 14 at this time. Real, real skinny, real young, just peach fuzz on my face. 
And he's just like, here's some baits. I buy a Whopper plopper, blaze orange Whopper plopper. And the next day I'm just off my dock and I smoke a uh, 24-inch Tiger right off the dock. Nice. Looked forever so, after that. It doesn't take much, man. We that, we were talking about the bug a lot, the musky bug, and, like, it's a real thing, unfortunately. I mean, it really is. Like, it once it takes hold of you, it's tough to, you know, let it go or shake it. Dude, it's – I've been hooked since it's hard to not think about muskies. I remember being real young, like from, from 15 to 21, pretty much my brain was muskies 24 seven, just always muskies. I couldn't think about anything else. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel you like, and now that, you know, you and I are in similar situations, like we're working full-time jobs in the cities. Like, are you like me where, you know, you got some downtime maybe between the eight to five and you're, sitting on google maps going no man this this would be pretty cool to <laughs> text gus hey what have you ever heard about this lake this looks pretty nice <laughs> think about it every once in a while i'll be like oh man i'll be looking at the weather for the metro i'll be looking at the weather i'm like is there rain yeah. coming oh yeah. it's sunny whatever days i'm just gonna chill and hang out with my, with my dog or something that's more i'm more so i mean if i was in northern wisconsin I'd be looking up lakes and be looking up like, what's this one? What's the, what's the stocking report yeah. around here? I'm just like, I'm praying for rain. Looking yeah. for, there's no rain. I'm not fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I've, dude, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, cause I drive up most weekends in the summer. Like I would say from the month of like, I mean, really end of May until Thanksgiving, I'm pretty much 50, 50 time between Minneapolis and like, I don't see my friends, you know, I got to balance stuff with a girl. Like it, it's, you know, it's like, what's on my mind. It just, it just is what it is. Like, you know, I, I guess it's the path I've chosen, you know, it grabs you. It's a good addiction. I I, I say it's really yeah, good. healthier one for sure. And, you know, some people might disagree with that. It's not healthy for the wallet. But... No. No. <laughs> I've blown so much money on stupid stuff for musky fishing. Oh yeah. yeah. I like text Gus. It'll be like, 2 a.m. I'll be like, Gus, I just bought six baits. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What's really tough is out here in the cities is that they've got the Minnesota Muskie Expo. I'm like, oh, man, I can just like drive 20 minutes and be there. You know, there's no Milwaukee or Chicago where you got to drive a couple hours and get a hotel or something. Right. Here, it's right out the door. So it's very dangerous. My my bank account drops significantly every Minnesota. (laughs) You could buy a plane ticket to Cabo, or you could get a few chaos tackle baits. You could get, you know, those <laughs> custom musky rods. innovation, Thorn Bros rod, or you could do an all-inclusive in Aruba. But yeah, we're going to go with the the few Navens and different colors because we need the, the lemon head and we need the walleye pattern. And that you might yeah. only end up casting a hundred times and then you never <laughs> yeah. see it again. <laughs> yeah, what if they, you know, my brain's always like, well, you know, I know they like the Naven, but you know, what if they don't want to eat the walleye one Saturday? <laughs> want some a little shinier. Yeah. So it's like yeah. you, you get two colors and then you're just like, well, one's if they want a third. I really have to round it. I've got like a natural color. I've got a funky color. Now I should get kind of get something in between. Right. And then, then you get into size. You're like, I should get downsized baits and upsized baits. And then you just dollars <laughs> in the hole. Dude, I my favorite bait right now that I just got, it's an all pink tube. Ooh. and it is it is suspect looking i mean it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
I used it for the first time last weekend when we were up for the fourth and I, I caught a really nice, like super fat upper thirties fish on it. And I'm just like, this is the bait I'm throwing for the rest of the summer. Like I'm going to try to catch so many fish on this pink tube to just show how dumb muskies actually are and they'll eat anything. But yet we have, you know, a tackle box. I mean, again, I'll, I'll fish probably a million different baits. Like don't hold me to this at all. But like, that was just hilarious to me where I'm like, Oh, all I need to do is throw a freaking piece of pink rubber with a cork in it and I'll catch fish. <laughs> Dude, muskies are, they, they kind of make everyone makes them think like they're, they're super smart. They're actually super dumb. They're just temperamental. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a great way to put it. Tyler, have you fish tubes often? Is that something that you like to use at all? I love tubes. Tubes are great. I like uh, I like the ninja tubes a lot. At least where I yep. fish, I feel like they're e- easier for the Wisconsin fish to eat out here. Yep. Monster tubes. Yeah, me too. I, I it's pretty much all I throw. I have a couple monster tubes in the box, but those are broken out every once in a while, and I feel like even smaller fish T-bone the ninja tube, and then the big fish pretty much engulf it like a minnow bait i always put have three hooks on there i like the glide um i like the mid-size weight one i don't really like the deep one they came out with that new rig i think last year or something they have the or two years ago it's like it's in between the shallow and the deep and you can kind of work it like a glider and you can have three trebles on there oh it doesn't have that single on there i don't like that single hook at all i'm all on all my I cut that right off and just turn it into like, like, uh, I just kind of knot it up and then just kind of make mm-hmm. my own harness. Gotcha. That, yeah. I know a lot of people that completely customize tubes. Like that's a big talk right now. Mm-hmm. I somewhat run it out of the box, but I definitely do a few modifications. But a question for me with you for tubes, my philosophy on tubes, the uglier they are, the more they get bit. Just kind of how Max described is the pink tube. I got this one ter- uh, tube that I pretty much call, I, I think, well, people can buy it. It's at TRO and it's um, it's called mud minnow and I just call it turd minnow because it's just brown. It's <laughs> so my philosophy <laughs> Not a tasty is that, looking bait. No, it's just the uglier the tube, the more it gets bit. What do you think of that? That's uh, I think that's a true statement for every muskie in America is if the dumber looking the bait, the uglier it is, they're gonna eat it. It's just, I think that's just a common, just just a common thing. I mean, there's, I mean, you have uh, Minnetonka, you have some guy throwing a, a little dumb bass bait that's like hot pink or something, smoke of fifty six, and you're just like, bucktails <laughs> all day that look, and you now you eat this little bass tube or bass jig, like come on, man. <laughs> yeah, small baits, man. Yeah, they're deadly. I'm I'm almost like man, maybe in July I think I'll just bass fish and just hopefully catch like a mid fifties or something. <laughs> yeah, I've I've still never seen Leech Lake strain fish before. They are incredibly beautiful. I uh, Wisconsin fish still have my heart. Cause the, the the green machines are just beautiful to me. Features, mm-hmm. especially when they're the small ones too. Yeah, small ones have like these crisp spots before they get all fat and sassy they they just they're very beautiful yeah well we we did the madison pmtt a few weeks back which have leech lakers in it and so i was kind of hope like crossing my fingers through pre-fishing through the tournament obviously we were going to stick one but i i think the two fish we ended up catching were both 
Gus, neither of those were leech lakers, I don't think. No, no leechers. And I think we raised a leecher or two. One of those follows or something looked pretty blonde, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe. Well, Guru, I got to tell you this real quick, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Obviously, it, it I, I follow Gus. It worked out. But for us, like, weekenders now, so when we were down in Madison pre-fishing, you know, we were pre-fishing pretty hard. and But right when I started, I turned to Gus, and I was like, okay, what happens if, like, a big fish comes screaming in on one of my baits? Oh, you didn't say big fish. You just said fish. I'm going okay, to clarify <laughs> that. Sorry, because big fish, I, I wouldn't have cared if you caught. But I'm yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> And I go like, what should I do? He's like, bait out of the water, bait out of the water. And so like we pre-fished and, you know, I, the, the first time it happened, it was luckily not on me. Cause like, I don't know if I would have been able to do this, but Gus like literally took a bait out of like out of a muskie's mouth. Like the muskie ate the bait and he just sat there, didn't do anything. And the muskie just went spit the bait. Gus took it out of the water. And there was another tournament boat, probably like 75 yards from us. You would not have been able to tell there was a 40. Well, it ended up, we think we caught the same fish in the tournament ended up being like a 41 and three quarters on the (laughs) waypoint, same looking build. So I don't know if I'd have been able to just 41, three quarter fish comes up, eats both sides and you're just not doing anything. What do you like? I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, I just like catching fish. I just be like, it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But if it like it's if it's over forty five, I don't care about the tournament. I want to catch it. Like if it's yeah forties, I'm like nah. I yeah, think we, I agree there now. We talked about it for Vermilion. Like if a fifty three comes into the eight, oh, like, we're going oh, on yeah. our hands slamming that thing. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a gray area at Madison, and there good thing we didn't have any of that happen. It was all somewhat smaller ish fish, but. Yeah, baits out of fish's mouth. That was an interesting tactic we put to use. And yes, I, I think it I think it paid off, but man, no, Vermillion's a vacation. So we're catching fish there. Right. I was crossed. Try sorry. Yeah. That's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> have you have yeah. you ever fished in tournaments before or ever something you'd potentially get into? Uh I, I fished in a couple of metro tournaments out here. I think I did the PMTT. Yeah, I did the PMTT once uh long time ago. I always catch a ton of fish pre-fishing and it's never in the figure eight. So even if I wanted to, oh, they're just, yeah. they're just engulfing it. And I'm like, yeah. five fish day, I'm going to smoke them tomorrow. And then you just don't catch anything during the tournament and you're like, feel stupid. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not a big tournament guy. I just, um, a competitive, once I get competitive about it, I kind of don't enjoy it. Like I just, I get, I can get competitive. And I'm just like, people are cutting me off and I'm just, and it's just not a good mood. I, I want to go out there and kind of have fun, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely tough. It's something I've definitely battled with a little bit, but I've enjoyed the tournaments, you know, I, I have. But I, I definitely understand where you're coming from because especially, like, if you're not doing it for a living or guiding, you're not out on the water all day. Like, I feel like, you know, for Gus and other guides and people that fish the PMTT, it's like, all right, now's my time to go. And, you know, for us, it's like if you're out there and you fish the PMTT, like you're taking time off of work. You know, you're away from friends, family, you know, significant others, whatever. And, um, you know, those weekends could be spent, like you said, just exploring, bumming around. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, an interesting thing for sure. It's, um, I just can't do it anymore. 
<laughs> I've wasted so much money on tournaments and never win anything. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it anymore. All right, so can I can I ask you a few basic bitch questions? Sure. All right. Sunrise, sunset for musky fishing. What would you what would you go to? What's sunset. your go to? Sunset. I hate waking up early for sunrise. Okay. One one musky bait in the boat on a full July day, if you could choose one. Mm. On just like a normal full July day. High sun? Yeah, midsummer. You know, it's a sunny day, hot, clouds, hot, windy. Clouds, hot, windy, clouds coming in in the morning, sticking around until the afternoon, and then they clear out. I'd probably go with like a seven inch shower radar or like an eight inch slammer, something like that. Would you rather fish summer or fall? Summer. Do you do, do you like to do the sucker thing in the fall? It, uh, it can be a pain in the ass. I feel like, I don't know. I always <laughs> seem to get suckers that are like, no matter how much lead weight you put on their face, they are always at the surface. Yeah. And- yeah. Or they're just like swimming towards each other and getting all tangled. And I have to end up like just putting them right below the boat. So they don't swim into each other. I always get the worst suckers. Like they're always jerks. <laughs> it's hard for me to want to do it. <laughs> I prefer to troll. I'm a big troller. Trolling's fun. You kind of get to sit there and eat some super chicken legs. <laughs> That's interesting. When did you get on the trolling game? I learned how to, I always tried it, but I was never successful. I learned from Joe maybe four years ago. And then I put it into an action on the lake that I grew up on, started having some success, got confidence in it. And now I, I troll quite heavily. It is, it's, it's a good way. Honestly, if people don't troll, you should, because it's a good way to break up like an 18 hour day. If you're going to go that long. Sure. And I like to cast when it's good mm-hmm. and troll when it's not that great. I, I feel like you can cover water faster. I mean, I'll just, I mean, if, if I'm on a lake and the fishing's great, caught a couple of fish in the morning, kind of died down, I'll put out a bait and just troll that, that weed edge real quick sure. until, you know, there's another moon phase or a weather change and then I'll go cast them again. Is there anything specifically that you do trolling? Not particularly. I just kind of, I mean, I'll just take a depth rate or something, put 32 feet of line out and uh, troll like 3.5, just kind of rip it past their face and whatever bites, man, bites. Funny. Yeah, I was just gonna ask like a couple like questions on speed and stuff. If you like vary up a lot that much through your troll, like do you like to you know gun the motor a little bit and turn and all that stuff? I what I like doing is I'll probably set one speed and maybe I'll change like every thirty minutes or something like that. I I'll I'll go like maybe three point three for example, and say there's a straight shoreline. I'll do zigzags on that shoreline, mm-hmm. and depending if I catch a fish on either which way I zagged, it'll tell me how fast or slow I should be going. Cause if you, if you're, if the bait's behind you and you're on your left side, you're turning in there's, it slows down. And if you catch a fish there, they want it slower. If you turn the other way, it speeds up and you catch it there, they want a faster bait. So that's kind of what I do. So then I don't really have to kind of guess. I just kind of set a speed zigzag. If I catch something, then I just figure out if I need to go faster or not, you know? Okay. So not to pivot too hard here, but you mentioned your dog earlier. When did you get him, her? What's it been like as a new father? A new father, yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got her. I, she's a little purebred black lab. Her name's Carbon. I got her back in March after I went on a little Aruba trip. Um, I got her for hunting hunting ducks. And she's right now, she's six months. She's doing really, really good retrieving. Sit, st- stay, heal, come. 
she's uh jumping off the dock i got her jumping off like five foot platforms out into the lake already just supernatural hunting dog it's awesome. it's dude it's wild have you had her on the boat yet i have the first i had her out opening day here and it was an utter disaster she paid all over <laughs> my all over my boat because she didn't know what to do like she didn't know how to tell me she had to go and then she was nervous I remember she like ran up on my Crocs and just peed in my Crocs. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I like, she did that when I had like a fish in the figure eight. I'm like, come on. I can't even <laughs> care about this fish. My, my dog, my dog just peed in my shoes. <laughs> she's a good dog though. She is uh, a wild, the other, she's a wild hunter. The other day, dude, she found this mouse, like this baby mouse walking across my driveway. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. My dog ran up and just straight ate it. Swallowed it? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Beep, 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 beep. And you hear crunch and silence. She just guts it. I'm like, oh. Hell yeah. Did get sick from it? No, no. She was fine. She she, she just kills and eats everything. It's so That's that's awesome. Natural born killer right there. That's awesome. Oh, I'm proud dog dad. Proud. <laughs> you gotta be after that. Holy crap. Well, you guys are gonna have some fun together in the future. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to work in more hunting because I, I like having a little bit of variety. I mean, I, I love bow hunting. I got some nice bucks on the wall here and it's, I want to try to get more into duck hunting because I did that last year for the first time and it was a blast. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of duck hunting and I have not done it in four so years. I used to do it all the time in middle school and high school, but man that was awesome i like i liked it more than deer hunting which i don't do that much either anymore but duck hunting's awesome mm. you'll have to get back into it for sure oh i i think it's good for musky guys to have a little bit of variety I, sure you fish really intense like maybe it's just me i don't know i feel like if i just focus solely on muskies and maybe in the last couple of years i don't have much variety i kind of can get burnt down on it and just not want to do anything then uh yeah, yeah. But then that's the tough thing you get into september you go do i go duck hunting bow hunting or do i go musky fishing <laughs> right right that's what a good problem because <laughs> the days are shorter too yes yeah i kind of yeah. i have a general rule as soon as it hits you know october i'm kind of done musky fishing i'll just start hunting that's more my thing i know i know in the this fall i really want to do this is do a cast and blast mm. like soak suckers in the afternoon you know fire at ducks in the morning or vice versa you know dude that'd be cool to be like hey i just caught like this 35 incher and then you just shot a bunch of ducks or something yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome all right back to the back to the musky fishing you said you did a little bit of musky fishing up in canada is that an area that you'd be interested in getting back up to i mean we've we just had a buddy up there did a guide trip with doug wagner and they caught some really nice fish up there, um, two 50-inch class fish. We've It's kind of been like a, a you know, kind of like that, what you'd call like a, a land that we've, we've just never musky fished up there. We've always really wanted to get up there, and um, obviously you have. Is is it just a whole other world? What's it like? I mean, is it is it as cool as everyone says? It is cool as everyone says and better. Um, yeah. They're super dumb, and there's a lot of them, and... The biggest thing I'll say, if you're going up there, you've never been on a body of water that's a million acres like Lake of the Woods, is that it's going to be overwhelming, immensely overwhelming, because there's so many spots. I mean, you just go 100 yards, you're going to find 100 spots. I mean, it is super wild. 
and there are big fish absolutely everywhere. And you just kind of have to kind of reel it all in. At least for me, I always had to reel it all in and just go, just fish the main stuff that looks good. Don't get distracted on stuff that could be good. And is that why you like that run and gun approach so much? Yep. I can just kind of, I cover water fast, fan cast it, move on. I mean, it could, honestly, with Lake of the Woods fish, if there's a hot fish there, they're going to show themselves or they're going to eat. Sorry, with, with Lake of the Woods or any Canadian shield, I know running gun, you probably refer that as like a bucktail fishing. And you said bucktail you like to... Fishing, you can do it with crankbaits too. I mean, I was, you can do it with... Yeah, I mean, that's what I was just going to ask. I run and gun with every bait. I mean, I mean, I just will work it. I mean, maybe I'll maybe not make as many casts with the slow bait. I'll just make strategic casts with a, you know, like a suic or like a tube or something real slow or a glider real slow. Instead of like a bucktail, I'll make 20 casts. Maybe with a glider, I'll make 10 and then just move on. I'll just hit it real, real good. But run and gun, at least for me, that has always been the best mode to cover water on lake of the woods because it's just there's just so much you just you just don't know where they're gonna be uh were you ever like part of any of the experimental projects with joe like when he was making his new baits was he like trying to still come up with stuff when you were fishing with him or is that time like everything was kind of just set in stone and he you know he fished what he fished or was it like did you ever get any insight too, like how he decided to come up with what he ended up creating yeah yeah i got a lot of the backgrounds I, I don't think i can share everything but i i you know i learned how to like make all the baits and learn the backgrounds of everything and you know there were some stuff that they were working on but never really came to fruition um but it, it was kind of neat to see like how the bucktails were tied how the spinner baits were tied how you know the stuff was put together how the crankbaits were made it was i don't know you never as a musking or you don't really get to see stuff like that like the manufacturing process right musky baits it was pretty neat the business side of the industry yeah you get to see how the sausage was made it's you know it's pretty cool did he ever um ever think about making a rubber bait or was that ever in his arsenal he did make rubber baits a long did time he? i have a couple here i didn't wow. get them. i bought them oh i don't even know what they're called they <laughs> they're they're kind of like rubber writer <laughs> rubber writer <laughs> I, I think I, I think the history the history that I gathered from people that that bought like they sold the mold mold of it or something to some company and then they just kind of make whatever a crappier version of it and they just kind of sell it to random shops in Saint Germain. Um, it's like this. It's kind of like looks like a bondy bait but with two tails on it, and it's it's like a bondy jig. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've caught nothing on it, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. It's weird. So. I love the love the transparency. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Have you ever speaking of Bonnie baits? Have you ever gotten into? Have you ever tried your hand at, at jigging? Have you ever done that before for muskies? I have, and I have caught absolutely nothing doing it. I probably don't know. Quite honestly, I probably should just go book a guide trip with John Bondi to learn how. I mean, I just I don't really know how to do it. Yeah, you know, that's one thing I've kind of realize if i want to learn something about musky fishing like that i just don't get i'm just gonna make friends with someone or go find someone that can show me like the basics of it and then i'll just take it from there that's way easier than trying to figure out how to jig i i, I don't understand that at all <laughs> yeah 
don't it's know. tough. Gus has gotten into it and he's had some success with it, but it's, yeah, it's a really interesting way to musky fish. Cause you feel, you know, obviously the guys that are good at it are very engaged when they're doing it, doing it. But like, I think the, the few times I've done it, it's really easy to get completely disengaged. Cause it's just like, you're doing the same repetitive thing over and over and there's no follows. There's, you know, um, it's just tough. It's like a whole nother world. That's why I can't do it. I'm like, yeah. I'll do it for 10 minutes really I'm done. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's kind of like trolling boring, but you have to stand there and jig. You can't like eat a sandwich or like look on it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I've actually warmed up to trolling. The, the one thing I still can't do is hand troll. I, I see Chaz mm-hmm. Martin doing the hand trolling a lot. Um, but Brian and I tried, tried that during the PMCC the other weekend when we were fishing a tournament and it was a disaster. Get rod holders. There's so much. Oh, man. I know we, we were limited. I mean, Gus's boat's all decked out with everything. I mean, he can troll however many he needs, but it's like when we, we took out the little 16 foot Ranger, it didn't have rod holders. We tried hand trolling and like, I was like, Brian, I'm pretty hungry. He's like, Oh, there's a bag of Gradettos right there. We were trying to open up the Gradettos and eat them, passing them back and forth. And like, we were stuffing the rod like between our legs. And I'm like, the only thing I can think of is like the one bite we're going to get during this tournament. This rod's going to go freaking 10 feet off the boat in the air. Cause it's <laughs> going to come flying out underneath my leg. <laughs> mm-hmm. rolling, I don't know. It's just not my thing. It's just, I, I just, eh. mm-hmm. if I have to do it, I will, but I try not to. I always just kind of crisscross applesauce and just stick the rod right in there and like kind of just put it under my knee and then just leave it. And I can be lazy and text and stuff. Sure. All right. So this could be the last question. Maybe not. Maybe we'll, we'll keep riffing off this, but so say you're up in the North woods of Wisconsin and you had a full day to yourself, either with a buddy or just yourself, you know, what's a full day look like for you? What's an ideal day? How many lakes are you hitting? What are you doing? How far are you going? You know, what are you going to have fun with during that day? Ideal day. I'm hoping for like, kind of like overcast. I'm hoping for light rain kind of variable all day so you kind of it's not constant rain but it comes in waves yep i'm I'm, dude i'm hoping there's a a moon rise and uh a sunset at like this within an hour of each other okay Uh, i'm hoping i'm on a if with those conditions i'm hoping on with a specific lake i'm thinking of i'm hoping there's a north wind and Mm. I i am out there uh, 18 hours a day fishing this one spot over and over again. Cause I know a big one's going to eat with those. <laughs> <laughs> I just know I'm like, man, if there's a North wind and those conditions, I'm going to get something big. Yeah. That's, yeah. that is the perfect day. And then I go to, uh, this bar on the lake and get a fat burger at the end of the day to celebrate. <laughs> Let's go. That's a, that's a hell of a day right there. That's awesome. Tyler off the top of your head. Do you have a final words of wisdom from the guru to give Mm. to the folks? Maybe, maybe narrow it down. Maybe just for the month of July here. I know you said you hate July, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe just from a guru's words of wisdom on the month of July, the guru says fish at night. That that's my only uh, words of wisdom. Don't go during the day. Okay. How about, how about a more general words of wisdom? Just, Somebody either in musky fishing for a few years, just getting into the sport. What's the, what's the words of wisdom there? Don't think about it too hard. That, that, that's something I fall into the overthinking. Sometimes it's really just super simple. 
Just guru guru just, says simplify. Guru <laughs> simplify. Keep it simple. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Well, we literally can't thank you enough, man, because this has been awesome. The second we started this podcast, I was like, we got to get the guru on because he's going to drop some absolute knowledge bombs on everybody. And I think uh, <laughs> not only did you deliver, I think you over delivered. So thank you. Thank um, you time. yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're excited to drop this and I'm sure people will, will really uh, be digging it when um, they're giving it a listen. So thanks again. We really appreciate your time and, um best of luck the rest of your season uh you know now that we're both in minneapolis it'd be great to link up yeah. uh, like i said you know if i if you can put me on a leech lake fish i'd be a happy man <laughs> work on it we'll work on it I appreciate yeah. it. thank you yeah thank you so much for coming on Absolutely. brian you gonna brian you gonna say thank you or, or are you good <laughs> yeah i i thought gus was gonna keep going but i appreciate <laughs> oh, it <guru>. yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you uh, yeah I, I love doing podcasts, especially shining a light on guys that are getting started. And I think the industry really needs uh, more people doing podcasts because I think it, you know, it's it's a big uh, form of media now. And so, you know, I want our sport to kind of live on forever. So this this really helps. All right, guys. I don't know about you, but that was awesome. That was a great conversation we just had with Tyler Andrews, the guru. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as we did because that it's, he just dropped some great knowledge, really cool stories. Overall, super good guy. Uh, hopefully we can get out fishing with him. Hopefully we can have him on the podcast again. I know there's just so much stuff that we were kind of diving into that we want to keep asking him more on and maybe bring up some more topics. So definitely going to have him again. Like, on the podcast again in the future so definitely look out look out for that when we when we drop another one yeah i thoroughly enjoyed that one uh first time ever really sitting down and chatting with the guru uh definitely think he lived up to the all the expectations very cool guy very down to earth clearly just knows a shit ton about musky fishing very interesting backstory love the fact that you know he's just got a a wealth of knowledge in the northern wisconsin area you know, excited to have him back on. I think next time we talk with him, you know, hopefully we'll have some stories out on the boat together if we're able to fish with him this summer, you know, hopefully in the near future. But I think it'll be fun to talk with him kind of about the greater landscape of of musky fishing as a whole, because just a guy that's been around uh, the block now, you know, he's still relatively obviously a young guy like yourself, but, you know, he's he's had a lot of experiences as a as an angler, and so would be curious to kind of hear his thoughts on that. And I know we we briefly touched on it, but I think we'll have to have another full podcast kind of dedicated to the overall landscape of what's going on with the musky industry as, as we kind of see it as younger guys. And that'll be a lot of fun. So thanks again to the guru for coming on. Had a blast. Um, looking forward to hopefully getting in the boat together in the future. But transitioning, Gus, I think we got to talk about our little uh, weekend getaway here coming up getaway is a loose term since we'll be sleeping in our <laughs> probably in Eagle river, but we have a musky bender to look forward to. We got a few guys coming up. Uh, you've cleared your guide schedule graciously enough for us. Uh, we've, we've, you know, made our arrangements and we are ready to go. So we have probably 48 to 54 showers with one goal in mind to catch a midsummer Northern Wisconsin giant. What do you think the game plan is right now? Where are your, I guess, 
or where's your confidence level on our ability to to get this done? I think confidence level is very high because the guys that we're going to have in the boat are highly skilled. I mean, they got that muskies on tap crew member labeled right over them. So they just automatically best rubber rippers all around. So yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll be, I'll be bitching two hours in. (laughs) Yeah. All jokes aside, that's going to be a pain in the ass to rip rubber, but also on that, I think that's going to get the biggest bite. I think there is a good shot, a large jerk bait, like a big minnow bait or a big suic could do it. But I don't know. I mean, we're going to be fishing at some low light hours. So maybe some slow rolled uh, bucktails or big rubber, maybe top water. It's hard to say top water is just so hit or miss with, with moon phases and low light and well, you touched on an interesting thing about fishing some more lower light periods. I, I do think we have a game plan to fish well into the night Friday and then kind of depending on how the day sets up Saturday, we're, we're still pretty far out, you know, on weather watch right now. So obviously we'll, we'll take what the weather gives us and we'll kind of plan accordingly, but I'm assuming if, if it holds right now, it looks like it's going to be about upper seventies and pure sun on Saturday. So we might do some night fishing as well Saturday night. Is there anything you know, you touched on in the intro kind of what, what's going on during the daylight hours and the moon phases with hitting some of this, you know, windblown, windblown main structure, all that good stuff, fish with rubber, fish with a blade. Um, but get into those kind of wee hours of the night. <clears throat> it's going to be new moon, so it's going to be very dark. How do you kind of see that going as far as if we're going to change strategies? Or are we going to continue with those baits? Uh, is there any tips or tricks to night fishing that you've you know, been able to kind of ascertain over the past few years of doing it yourself to kind of, I guess, help that process out, keep everything organized, give us our best chance. Yeah. You know, I am no night fishing expert. Anything that comes out of my mouth where it sounds like I know exactly what I'm doing. I 100% learn just from other people and other podcasts, because there's definitely some like little nuggets that I've found in old podcasts on how to fish effectively. I mean, the bait category, I feel like it's just going to be the same as daytime, but maybe larger and slower. I mean, I still feel like you can get some fish on small baits and maybe moving at a decent clip, but I mean, those fish got to find it. Like Max said, it's going to be new moon leading up to it. And I just think we're going to stick to all the baits that work during the day. And maybe just work it a little bit slower. And another thing that I've learned and kind of found out as well is, I mean, fish will move shallow at low light periods, but I mean, for the most part, they're going to just almost stick in the same spots as they were during the day. I mean, I know fish move, they got fins. I just can't imagine these fish are making great migratory movements each and every day. That's just going to take up a lot of energy from these fish and they're just big and lazy so slow probably a lot of all black presentations the new moon's gonna be tough so i think we're gonna potentially use some glow beads on the leaders so that we don't you know screw up an eight because that's probably when it's gonna happen is somebody's gonna hook up in the figure eight pitch black all chaos I think we're going to for sure have to just take that extra five minutes before sunset and be like, okay, what's sitting out on the boat that we do not need anymore. I got to get those hooks out of the way and 
one thing that we just cannot forget is is headlamps. That's that's big. You know, other than that, I think we're just going to kind of go with the flow. Uh, we're going to be bringing to you what happened, obviously, on the next podcast. And we'll kind of just give some tips and tricks there and, and like what worked and what didn't for night fishing, because we're we're just learning as we're going. I mean, that's not something that I have absolutely dived into 100 percent like I know a lot of people have. And I know it's super popular with clear bodies of water and we're probably going to utilize that, that technique as well as, is going after clear, clear bodies of water that have lots of pressure during the day and just get after the big girls at night. Well, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I feel refreshed after a week off. So I'm excited to get back out there and see what, uh, see what transpires. So hopes are high right now. Uh, I know it's going to be a little bit of a grind with some of the waters we've decided to pick and we'll probably kind of parcel out that game plan uh, next week on the podcast, see if we stuck to it or kind of what decisions we made and if it sucked or if it worked. Um, and hopefully there'll be some information to glean from, from that conversation. But I don't know about you. Um, I'm getting ready for bed long weekend of traveling and whatnot and back to the old, uh, old job tomorrow. So I can't thank again uh, Tyler Andrews, the guru, enough for hopping on with us this week. And again, if you have a chance to check out the Musky Hunks podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, hopefully, you guys will enjoy that interview as well. But that is it for me tonight. Gus, good night. I'm signing off. Brian, I know you've already signed off, but uh, I know you're going to take a, take us out of here. So good night to both of you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Awesome. All right, Brian. It's your time to shine. Take it away. All right, everybody. We got a lot of energy right now, but we're going to be losing all of the energy come Sunday night. We got a musky bender going on this weekend. Full 48 hours of fishing and no sleep. Uh, probably going to lose all productivity on Monday at work, but that's what musky fishing's for. Be safe out there this weekend, guys. Cheers. Cheers.